Welcome to South Jersey Girls. I'm Klein Aliardi. I'm Jane Feld. I'm Elise Notariani. And I'm Marianne Aliardi. And today we have an interview that Elise recorded earlier with celebrity chef and Camden native Aaron McCargo Jr. It was so much fun. We had the best time. And it's been so cool because I've been listening to a lot of um, food podcasts and, and reading a whole bunch of food media. And all of these great interviewers are interviewing these celebrity chefs. And I felt like one of them just for a minute. Yes. Now you are too. Who are you normally listening to? I'm recently really into Salt and Spine, which interviews uh, cookbook writers. And then I've got Gastropod, which looks at food through the lens of science and history. And uh, then Home, I think it's Homemade. And it's all about um, like celebrity chefs and how they, they do home cooking. You know, I watched, you know, that sh- cooking show that Amy Schumer has with her no. husband. <gasps> Wait, you, you don't kidding? know about this? Rewind on this. Amy Schumer and her husband started a show in quarantine. It's called Amy Schumer Learns to Cook. I love that. They made grilled cheese using mozzarella cheese, which I've never had that before. And they kind of acted like that's what they do. I have a grilled cheese theory. I learned this with through my friends because I have a couple friends who are from the West Coast. And then I have another friend who's from Jersey. And me and the girl from Jersey grew up with diners. So our grilled cheese is like American cheese on white bread. And then my friends who are from California, their grilled cheese is like brie and like sun-dried tomatoes. It's like super fancy on like sourdough. They're mistaken. All, all these. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. We didn't have fancy grilled cheese in Scranton either. Yeah. No. So I think it depends what coast you're on like that's And probably if you're a chef or not. You know what Amy Schumer did too? She put butter on both sides of both pieces of bread. Oh, I do that. So you have butter touching the cheese? Yes. I've never heard of that before. Never heard of it. I also grew up in a household where my mom, I would catch her just like eating like sticks of butter, not eating the whole stick, but she like cut a little sliver off when she was cooking. Oh, wow. I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. Still, I cook with probably way too much butter still. Yeah. Makes things taste better. I think so. So I really hope you guys don't hear my stomach growling because I can hear it and this conversation's not helping. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Do you guys have any like weird food combinations where people put like hot sauce on Doritos or something and eat it? How about potato chips and mustard? Yeah, that, that, that's it. So good. Okay. So good. As well as like noodles and mustard. Yum. That's you, disgusting. You don't know what you're missing till you try it. I'll dip anything in applesauce or mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Well, had you ever dipped mashed potatoes in applesauce? That's good. Oh, but I should try that. You should. It's really good. That is a union that should be made. I'll keep that in mind. Oh, Elise, yeah, did so. you ever put applesauce on bread and butter? No. Oh, that's my that. God. <laughs> it's, it is delicious. I'm telling yeah, you. Really, I haven't been thinking big enough. Yeah. You need to talk to an expert if you want to know what to do with applesauce. Who raised you? <laughs> yeah, you know who. All right, Jane. <laughs> topic you can get excited about? Feta. Anything feta with feta. That sounds pretty normal. Yeah, like what would you mix with feta that would be a weird combination? Peanut butter and feta sandwich. Oh, yeah. Are you that's... serious? Nice. I mean, you know, it's kind of like one of those mistakes because that was what was in my house that it tasted That's, good. I would call that a mistake. Wow. I'm impressed. That answer, I think that answer wins. I cannot top that. I don't even know. Do you think we should take a survey on who amongst us cooks? Or should we say, who amongst us does not cook? Ever Define does not cook. It's a very, because like, I don't cook a lot. I would like to. You would, okay. So the question then is, who amongst us has no interest in cooking? Mm. And that would be me. 
I feel that I'm at a disadvantage because I only had one parent in my household <laughs> that did cook. It's the true. other parent would either take us out to dinner or make like mac breakfast and cheese and casserole. Or, or breakfast for dinner. <laughs> Is there or anything wrong with breakfast for dinner? dinner? But it sounds funny that you're saying you're at a disadvantage because in my generation, only the moms cook. Right. Yes. And I grew up I, the complete opposite. Yes. I was anti that whole, <laughs> whole way of thinking. See, if it helps though, my mom was a great cook or still is a great cook, but she would never let any of us into the kitchen because she had a million kids and that was just too many people to have when she's trying to feed us all. So I didn't learn from her at all. We just had good food. Did you guys have like pressure from moms to bake everything at home and stuff oh like mom yeah. guilt yeah. over what you get oh absolutely i think i think not having dinner on the table for your children every night is definitely something that people think a bad mom does and so if you do that absolutely like me especially when you guys would have cereal for dinner a lot and you know i thought if anyone finds this out they're all going to know how terrible of a mom I am. That's so yeah. sad though, that people will see whether you're like, oh. think whether you're a good oh. mom based on, no, not that you're eating cereal for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, I, I was yeah. pretty happy. Yeah. Oh, it's sad to think that people will judge you as a parent based on, I, I don't know that my parents cared after a certain point because we have, I have uh, five siblings. So after, I was gonna say. Kids, it's like if yeah. they're, if they come home alive at the end of the night, my parents always said, we have so many kids, we can afford to lose one. So like really they were on the up and up. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't, like everyone's aware. Myself yeah. To make sure that they eat vegetables. I didn't do that. I'm 26. I don't think I've had a vegetable in like two days. Uh, uh, I'm 56 and I don't think I have either. So <laughs> guess where you got that from? Yeah. You know, another thing related to food that people judge you on is the snacks that you would bring to the soccer game. There were some moms that went all out and I thought this is oh, ridiculous. Yeah, and yeah. And Why would you bring donuts? It's a sport. For like the sugar, like a sugar rush. My feeling was, look, the game's over. <laughs> if you want your kid to have a snack, go take them home and let them have a snack. Yeah. I don't need to provide 13 <laughs> kids with a snack. For moms, like you have enough to do. Why are you making me go to the store to buy all these snacks for all these kids when you could just get your kid a snack if they want one? If I was yeah. going to cook, though, I would want to bake more than cook because I would rather eat baked goods. See, I'm the opposite because if I bake, that means there's sugar in my apartment. Yes. And there's yeah. no one it's else trouble. here to eat it except for me. I eat sugar like it's my actual job. See, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> I'm currently sitting around uh, five separate mini candy wrappers, which I ate yeah. for. We started. I think sugar affects my mood. And while I still eat it, I really try. I, I call sugar the devil. Yeah, but I feel like you've cut out gluten more than. Oh, I have. I don't know. That my kids, correct. every time I try to do like chickpea pasta or pull one on them, they always know. I've probably been gluten free for about a year and a half. And, but I'm not like when I go to a restaurant, I won't say if they say, does anyone have any dietary restrictions? I don't say anything because I don't have a gluten allergy. I won't get really, really sick. And every now and then when I'm at a, a restaurant, I do have pancakes. I love pancakes. And I, I don't, at this point, I don't get any kind of reaction to it. But the reason I started was I couldn't wear my, any of my rings, like they didn't fit on my fingers and my fingers hurt. And I was about to make an appointment with a doctor and someone said, stop eating gluten. And I tried it. And in like, in two weeks, it got better. In two months, the pain in my fingers went from like an eight 
to a zero and my rings, no problem at all on and off. And I'm getting to that point with sugar where I'm seeing how sugar makes me feel just like blah. And like, I don't really feel like getting up. Would you yeah. guys ever go vegan? No. What about, yeah. What about vegetarian? No, but everybody thinks I'm a vegetarian all the time. I get asked constantly and not by like people. I <laughs> Why? just, I, I, it must be something about me. Um, it's not my people. That look. It's like people who have been in my life for a very long time. Like John's mom. I've been dating John for seven years now. She at least once a year is like, "Oh, you're a vegetarian, right?" And what? it's not weird. Attention. Like she, for some reason, I give off this vibe that I'm a vegetarian, and people ask it all the time. I feel like I could be a vegetarian. Like there's uh, interesting enough food, but it's kind of like why? Like why <laughs> not eat all this? I can give you a list of reasons. But there's, yeah, I think people would have reasons. That's true. Yeah. So uh, with us today is Chef Aaron McCargo Jr., uh, the Camden native who took over Food Network as a season four winner of Food Network Star and host of Big Daddy's House. So how are you today, Aaron? I'm great. I'm great. Feeling real good. Good. Even in quarantine? Yeah, even in quarantine, yes. This would give me a chance to create new recipes talk to my fans and family. How has it been seeing so many people start to get into it in ways that we really haven't had time for before quarantine? It's been amazing because a lot of folks aren't, you would think that they would go for the comfort food, like the junk food. I haven't heard a lot of comments about junk food. It's like, hey, I want to make a hearty meal for my family. Um, of course, I'm always talking about how you can save a buck because right now, whether your dollars are tight or not, you're still feeding maybe the same amount of people, but more meals per day because of everyone being home. Um, as far as for the cooking industry and, and food, I, I really do feel um, some kind of way for the restaurant owners because I was one and I know that it's been a heavy hit. And that's something when you're a mom and pop shop and you're, you put your sweat and tears and equity into your business and you've been going strong and the economy was going good and people were supporting and then boom, the doors are shut. And it's just hard to bounce back. I know how it is to close a restaurant and what goes to waste. And the labor is gone because you, you got to lay these people off. And that hurts you more than anything. So now that the, the band is lifted somewhat in Jersey, I'm super excited. Um, I always say practice safe distancing. Go out. Um, get takeout if you're not really safe and sure about going indoors. Um, if you can eat outdoors, let's get these restaurants back open and get them um, to get these employees back to work. And then people can start putting food on their tables and, and earning a paycheck. So you've been coming up with new recipes, you said. What are some of the things you've been playing around with? Well, I have the sauce and the spice, which is two products that I've been introducing to the world at large. And pretty much this is um, something I've been showing folks who are novice to cooking or pros or just want to get in and add flavor to have consistent food. So both of these products available on my website, airmancargo.com. And I've been just doing Facebook videos and uh, YouTube videos showing them how to use both of these products and whether you want to make homemade marinara sauce or pesto sauce or you want to do a pasta salad or roasted chicken or salmon. And how did you get started cooking? Whew, I always loved food. I, I, I was a greedy kid and I'm not ashamed to say <laughs> it. I love eating anything that wasn't moving. If it moved, I'd still try it. So um, my mother and father were always cooking in a the home. They weren't like chefs or anything like that. So I don't have grandparents that passed down recipes. I just had two parents in the kitchen and they had six miles to feed and they had to do it immediately or it was going to be a riot. And so you grew up in Camden. How did yes. that shape your cooking style? Wow. It, well, it gave me a lot of boldness. I got to say that it shaped me a lot as far as my cooking because it allowed me to 
own what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And the folks around me supported me. So it was tough. I got to be honest with you, because of being raised in Camden, cooking not being popular in the 80s, I was constantly being bullied, constantly being picked on. And here I am now today because I still cook with that boldness. I still cook with that flavor. I still um, break all the rules of cooking. Like you don't put cheese with fish. Yes, you do in my world. So what is the Camden food scene like? I know we always have a discussion about where to find the best cheesesteak around Philadelphia. And right. you always say Camden? Yeah, I, and you know, and that's a funny thing because besides, we got a lot of ethnic foods. So we got a lot of Puerto Rican food. We have a lot of Asian food. And these Asian restaurants aren't just your run-of-the-mill corner Asian stores, but they've been consistent and been around since I was a kid. The same owners, the same people. Um, we have a place called Slice New York. He's been around from way back and it's just really good pizza. Of course, Donkeys, which is, you know, worldwide, you know, popular name and, and staple of Camden, but we have our soul food joints like Karen's. We have a lot of these places that folks from all over the world in the country have probably heard of and came to Camden to, to see for themselves. And I also like to include the fact that we have a lot of just mom and pop owned stores, the, the bodegas that do great food. So we are looking to, to grow the food scene. And that's one of my missions in life is to be able to go back to Camden and, and really create a restaurant row and really create a food scene that is, is broad and very refreshed. And so I know a big discussion in food media right now has been diversity and representation. And you're known for saying that you've wanted to work on, you know, cooking channels that feature minority chefs. How has that conversation been for you recently? You know, it's, it's all over the place, but I think it's still a hit and miss conversation. You know, I think a lot of folks are choosing their battles. Um, a lot of us are still walking on thin ice because the diversity thing has hit everyone like a atomic bomb. And a lot of folks are still trying to figure it out. And I think that in the culinary world, um, there's still a lot of space for a lot of, you know, different nationalities to be on a TV front, you know, to be, to have a platform on some of these major cooking uh, networks and change it up a little bit because there's so much talent. When you think about a black man or black female or anybody of complexion holding their own show because they're cooking from their, their experiences and their, their, their nationality, what's wrong with that? You know, it's, it's okay. You know, people want change and people want you know, let's let's give everybody a fair opportunity and a fair chance to display their talents and let the viewers, let the people at large be the judge. Let's not just count them out because of their color or their race or where they're from. And we can see that, you know, immediately when you started gaining success, you also were looking for ways to give back. Um, tell us a little bit about your Play to Win organization. Oh, my baby. Look at you. You just want to see me blush. Yes, yes. Play to win. Um, that's my baby. It was. It started in 2009, and it's funny because I was sitting there. Um, I'm, I'm very spiritual, and I, I was sitting there talking to God, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And at that time, before doing Next Food Network Star, my son had ran away. He was involved in the, the, the street activities and gangs and things of that nature that was crushing me, um, and I didn't know what to do. And I said, I, I feel like I'm a good father, and I don't want anyone else to have to deal with this because I know there's a lot of great parents out there, uh, but the streets can snatch up your kids in seconds right before your eyes, no matter how good you are, no matter how tight you have them. I said, if there's anything I can do, I want to keep other guys and young men from being caught up in the same thing. And, and so Play to Win was born and I was able to connect with some of the schools in Camden and recruit some young men that just mentored them on a level of, hey, if you don't rap, you don't sing, you don't do the things that's in your surroundings, think outside the box and let me help you get there. What do you really love to do? And that's what I love about Play to Win is being able to be a part of these men's lives and really encourage them, keep them off the street and, and, and let them know that there's something more than what you see in your surroundings. Um, and let me help you get there. 
you are teaming up uh, later this month with Oaks Integrated Care uh, to do a cooking class for their Come Together Week to Fight Hunger. How did you get involved with this? When I got the email, like, hey, are you interested in helping us, like, shut this show down and make it big? And I'm like, okay, so let's try it. Let's do it. So this right here was just an opportunity for, A, for me to talk about this, the food, but also how do we end the hunger situation? You know, I, I, I know what it was when I was raised. I know it was tough for my parents um, having food. My dad was a hard worker. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, you know, watching us and, and teaching us and things of that nature. But when it came down to time to eat, it was tough on a lot of days. And we never, we never had to starve. We never had to go without. But it wasn't like you had a pickings. You know, you, you wasn't like a hair's a a la carte menu, go for it. It was really being creative, learning how to use what we have and making a meal that kept us healthy, kept us strong for another day. I want to help folks see the value of what they have and how they can use it and how they can make a great dish. And to dig in their pantry and say, I got this, I got this, I got this for 15 bucks. We got dinner for four and we're going to have a great time. And that's what I'm aiming to do. So what do we have on the menu for this class? Ooh, I can't tell you. Why not? I can't, it's a secret because I want people to be excited. And I did plan a cocktail too. So it's going to be a really crazy, unique spin. I will tell you this on a sangria, hopefully. See, I personally am in the camp that I should never cook without a glass of wine in my hand. <laughs> okay. I'm definitely going to be at your cooking class. It's too bad that you can't tell me what we're cooking ahead of time. Well, this is the problem. <laughs> See, when I was writing the menu up, my daughter's like, Dad, do something basic that they're all going to love. Do something that the kids are going to love, the parents are going to love, and it's easy. So we have this dish called the Lucky Lunch. Um, and it's called Lucky Lunch because I made it for my nephews and my kids one day. And my nephew's like, this is the luckiest day ever having lunch. So I'm like, okay, well, Lucky Lunch. But then there's so, other, so many other things. Like, it would be easier if you tell me what you have a taste for. Hmm. Um, I'm all about carbs. Like a good yeah. meat sauce that I can put on a good pasta. Got you. Well, that's the lucky lunch then. So let's get, we got it. Lucky lunch is going to be it. Lucky lunch is sangria. See, I knew it out of you. I knew it. <laughs> hey, you didn't even have to twist my arm. 